here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. Praise God. God said to this church three weeks ago, I asked God about a lot of things, and God said to me, pray. Glory to God. God wants you to say that to somebody out there. Pray. All this stuff you're going through. Pray. Pandemic. COVID-19. Already more than 210, 11, 12, 13, and counting thousand people already dead. Pray. It's time to pray. I'm telling you right now, God gave me that word, and it's been ringing in my spirit. What you need from God, you need to pray. You're worried about God. God got it. But you got to know how to get it from God. Oh, my God. I'm showing you how to get what you need from God. Pray. We're going to start this out with a scripture in Philippians 4, 19. We're going to put that on, on your screen. Philippians 4, 19 out of King James. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Now, we all in this house, we cut our teeth on that scripture. Philippians 4, 19. And it said, but my God. Now, this is an awesome thing. Why would God say this to the church at Philippi? Because this church supported Paul's ministry. And Paul said to this church, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, that's an awesome thing. You want to shout that out to somebody? We starting off hot this morning. Praise God. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you how to get it. I'm going to tell you how to get what the I am have for you. One word, pray. That's how you get it. That's how you get it. Now, we've already passed by, first of all, you got to be a son, all that kind of stuff. Now, you know you got to be a son, but I'm talking about how to get it. Pray. Now, let's go to God's word. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Uh, out of the King James Version, we're going to read that down to verse 20. Ephesians 5, 17 through 20. We're going to read that out of the King James Version, and then we're going to get right into the Word of God. We're going to jump into this Word. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 17 says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let a, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for, the, for all things unto God. Giving thanks always for all things. Thanking God for all things. And the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now, let's get right into the Word of God. We're going to go into the book of Ephesians. We're going straight, straight to the Word. Ephesians chapter number 3. That's where we're going to be at. Verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 14. We're going to pray. We're going to go right to God's word. Heavenly Father, thank you now for, his, for your word this morning, for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. 
Thank you for your truth. Then, Lord, thank you for hearing and answering our prayers as we pray for the body of Christ. We pray for the believers, the body of Christ. And we pray that they will understand what the will of the Lord is. That's what our prayer is, that the body of Christ would understand what the will of the Lord is and then also walk in it. Now, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for it now. And we thank you for your divine will for our life, divine protection. We thank you, Lord, for your divine grace, your divine provisions. And we just thank you for being our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church agreed with that and said, Amen. All right, now let's go right into Ephesians chapter number three because we are talking about today, Paul, the Apostle Paul, prayed for the church. We already talked about the church prayed for the Apostle Paul. Now we invite number two, part one and two. Today, the Apostle Paul prayed for the church. Let's go directly into this thing because we want to really get here. Ephesians chapter three and verse 14. This morning, we read Ephesians chapter one we're not going back there. We read Ephesians chapter 1, and we read verse 15 through verse 23. Paul prayed for the church. Need to get that. Now we want to get to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. He says, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you, he's praying to the Father for the church, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory or the riches of his grace or the riches of Christ to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, why is Paul saying that? That, he, that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory. What's he talking about? He's talking about the same thing in Philippians 4, 19. But my God, shall supply all of your need according to, watch it, his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So Paul is praying the same prayer here, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Isn't that awesome? And he don't stop there. He goes on to verse 17. In that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So he's still talking about starting off, making sure you're saved, making sure you got the Holy Spirit. Can't you see that? That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love. So not only Christ is in you, now you got to get to a place where you are rooted and grounded in love. My God, he's not done. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints, here it is, what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of God's love. You know, it's something when God did with Abraham, before God gave Abraham the blessings, he said this to Abraham. He said, I want you to walk before me in Genesis 17, 1. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And he took Abraham out into the promised land. And he told him, I want you to look. I want you to walk to the east. Walk to the west. Walk to the north. Walk to the south. Then he told Abraham, 
Every place that the sole of your foot have walked upon, I have given you. That is spiritually what he's talking about here. What is the breadth, length, depth, height of God's love? Do you know? Let me show it to you. That's why we preach the cross. You want to see what is God's breath? It's four of them. What is God's breath, length? Here it is. What is God's breath and length? Then he says, what is his depth and height? So watch his breath and length. Here's his breath. Here's his length. Here's his height. Here's his depth of God's love. Can you see it? God reaching out Jews. Then he reaching out Gentiles on the cross and put them all in one body. Can you see his length and his breath? He's not done. And then he died for all man's sin. He went to hell. You want to see his depth? He went into hell that you don't have to go. Then he ascended, God Almighty. He ascended up on high, led captivity captives, and gave gifts unto man. Can't you see his breath? His arms are stretched out. Can't you see his breath? Can't you see his length? Can't you see his depth? Can't you see his height? That's the cross of God's love. You want to know that God love you? God love you this much. He loved you enough because he gave his life for you, gave his son for you. What are you going to give for him? That's what I want to know. What are you going to give for him? I told people today, it's time out for just, I was at the 9 o'clock service. I listened to the 9 o'clock service already, praise God. I don't have to worry about the 11 o'clock service. I went to church at 9 o'clock, praise God. I'm already back home, praise God. See, we, we, got to, we got to come out of our comfort zone. And then we'll turn around and say, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the, the day, yeah, the whole day. We will rejoice and be glad in it. See, we got we to gotta stop giving God partial service. You got to come to a place where you, you live for God. When you come to church, you come to church to be a church. You know, I, I remember this saying when I was growing up, and that's what, I, that's what really happened to me. I came to church. I didn't intend to stay. My soul got happy, and guess what? I stayed all day. Man, two services is two services. Hey, there are some churches have three. But see, what we got to understand is we need it. We need as much word as we can get. Let me get in the word because I told you I'm not going to play around with you this service. Ephesians chapter number three. I told you verse 14, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3, 14. Verse 15 says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Watch this. That's why he wanted you rooted and grounded in love. When that happened, you'll be able to comprehend 
with all saints, what is this breadth, length, depth, and height of God's love. He's not done. And to know the love of Christ. And to know the love of Christ which passes or surpasses knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. God has us in mind in this new covenant. God's will is that we will be filled with all the fullness of God. That's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Isn't that awesome? That's why Jesus did what he did. Look at the next verse. Now unto him that is able to do. So he's telling you this. You just got to believe. You got to hear the word and believe it. You got to be the person of prayer. Now to him that's able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think. Watch this. According to the power that worketh in us. According to the power that worketh in us. That's why the Bible is going to tell you in Philippians 2.13. It's God who worketh in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure. According to the power that worketh in us. Unto him. He told you who it was. Unto him. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Unto him. Well, let's see who this M here. Go, go to Philippians. You and Ephesians, go forward. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And then we go, go to Philippians 2.13. Unto him. Let's see him. See, it's God. Once, once you get saved, once you get the spirit, God moves in the house. Now, God began the work, if you let him. That's what Minister Hayes was ministering this morning about this song, I Am. What's the, what's the name of your song? I Am. See, that's what God wants us to know. Let me be who I am. <laughs> that's awesome, ain't it? Oh, my God, my God. That's an awesome song. Philippians chapter number 1, verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work, where about? Where's God working? He that has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. He that has begun a good work in you shall perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Look at Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse number 12 and 13. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. This is an awesome verse. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only. It's an awesome verse right here. Not in my presence only. But now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation in, with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's why he said the next verse, do all things without murmuring and disputing. Listen, God's working in your house. He don't want to hear you murmuring and disputing. He wants you to believe that he is I am. He wants you to pray. Believe. All right, let's move on because I got, I got so much to show you. We're going we gonna to get right into this word. We're going to dig in this word. Amen. Look at Romans 1, 9. We're going to work. Romans chapter 1 and verse 9. 
We're just going to take you through some places where we show you the Apostle Paul prayed for the church. Romans chapter 1 and verse 9. Start verse 8. I'm sorry. Verse 8 and verse 9. Romans chapter 1. Verse 8 and verse 9. Watch what Paul says. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Paul says, the first thing I do. Sound like he's from the South, doesn't he? He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ for you all. That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Oh my God, isn't that something? Then it says, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, good God Almighty, without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Listen, church, Paul is showing the church I make mention of you always in my prayers. Make a request, verse number 10, make a request by, if any means, now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you. Watch what he says. Because I got something for you. I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. See, that's why I tell people, you need the word. You need the word 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock. God wants to impart unto you some spiritual gift. To the end, you may be established. See, you got to get the word. You got to get the word until you get to a place where you are established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, the mutual faith, my faith and yours, both of you and me. See, I want you to have the same faith I have. I want your faith to be as grown as my faith. Praise God for his goodness. All right, let's show you another one. Let's go to Philemon. Philemon, four through six. Philemon. Now, you're going to go all the way past Titus. You're going to Philemon. All right, right for, right, right for Hebrews. You want to go to Philemon. Titus, Philemon. After that, you're in Hebrews. Kind of help you out there. Philemon 4 through 6. Now, here's Paul praying for the church. Watch this. He said, look, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. My God Almighty, do you see what kind of man this man Paul was? He's a man of prayer. He's told, he says to Philemon, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and your faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. That the communication of your faith, I'm praying that the communication of your faith, so many people have faith, but they don't know how to communicate with one another. They don't know how to live before the Lord. Paul said you got to pray for those people. That the communication of your faith may be effectual. When something is effectual, it's ready to be used effectual by the acknowledging of everything he's telling you how to get it done you got to acknowledge that everything is in you is in Christ oh my God I'm showing you how to get fired up you need to say that with me everything is in me is in Christ and everything's in Christ is in me talking about my soul because Christ is in my soul my soul's in Christ that's how you have to understand. So that means you come short in no gift. 
You got everything. You got God's wisdom, all wisdom. You got all knowledge, all understanding. It's all in Christ. How much can you absorb? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 4. 14, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. We're just going to walk right through God's word. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. See, God wants you to pray in the spirit. See, you may say, well, pray, Pastor, I know how to pray the word. You can't pray the word if you don't know the word. That's why we want to teach you the word. See, don't base your salvation on the prophetic. You hear people always talking about, oh, you, you ever heard the prophetic? And what they're saying is, for people to stand up to you and tell you, yeah, sister, I hear the Lord saying, oh, yeah. see, that's what they want. They're not giving you the word. They give you what they hear the Lord saying. God has already given you his word through the Apostle Paul. They don't want to give you that because they have to armor themselves under the mighty hand of God. They don't want to do that. They want to seem like they are the apostle. And they want to tell you what God says. But hear me real good. Don't be deceived. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 says, If I pray in an unknown tongue, Paul says, my spirit prayeth. That's why you need to pray in the spirit. That's why you need to pray with an unknown tongue. Now, you got people going to speak against this from left to right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The word of God says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Your spirit prayeth. Your spirit can pray. But you don't understand what you're saying. You don't understand what you're saying. You don't supposed to understand what you're saying because your spirit is praying. Now, what do that mean? I'm going to show it to you. We'll go to Romans chapter 8 after this. My, for if, if, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't understand what I'm praying. So, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit. So you don't have to argue with the word, just agree with it. I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding. Well, if I'm going to pray with the understanding, I'm going to pray with the scriptures. So I have to go back and I have to look at the word and say, this is what the word says and pray that. So when I gave you this morning, I gave you Ephesians chapter 1 and I says in Ephesians 1, uh, Paul says in verse 15, wherefore, this is, he's praying. Wherefore, after I heard, in Ephesians 1, 15, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your love to all saints, I see not to give thanks for you, make mention of you in my prayer. What do you pray? Before you pray, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge. See, he's praying with the understanding. He's praying with the scriptures. All right, now 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15 says, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, that's praying in tongues, with tongues, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. So if you, the Holy Spirit is going to help us, our infirmity. Let me show you that. That's Romans chapter 8. That's why you pray in the Spirit. Romans chapter number 8. 
Romans chapter number 8. So you got to understand this thing. That's, that's why you need the Holy Spirit. You have the Spirit. The Bible says you, the Holy Spirit, you, you know not what you ought. You know not what you ask for as you ought. Praise God. I hear somebody said he know what it was, but I don't hear what scripture you're using. Yeah, but I'll be waiting for you to set a verse. Romans chapter 8, verse number 16. I'm going to read that. The Spirit, the Spirit himself. The Spirit himself. Romans 8, 16. We're going to wait you to put it on the screen. There it is. The Spirit himself. I know the King James used the word itself. We know the Holy Ghost is not an it. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. See, that's why you pray with the Spirit. The Holy Ghost bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. He bears witness with our spirit. So, so if I go through the word of God, I can show you we don't know what to pray for as we ought. See, we don't know what to pray for as we ought. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Now let's go down to verse number 26. Verse 26, mark in your Bible, go with verse number seven, verse number 16. See, verse 16, go with verse number 26. The Bible said, let's go to verse 26. There it is. Likewise, the Spirit. The Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know what we know not what we should pray for as we ought. That's what, I, that's what he just said. So if you don't know what to pray for, you pray with the Spirit. That the Spirit of God pray, pray with you, and then the Spirit of God will reveal to you what he prayed through you later on. That's how it works. That's how God gave me my messages. You know, this is one of the greatest things that I have to learn in ministry when I says to the Lord, how am I going to know what the minister on next week? You tell me to pray. Give me one word, pray. Now I'm on volume two, part two. He's still talking. That's why you got to pray with the Spirit. The Spirit, watch what it does. Watch what it said do. Watch what it does. The Holy Spirit helpeth, Romans 8, 26, helpeth our infirmities, our weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We don't know. But the Spirit himself, watch this, maketh intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. He that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Isn't that awesome? He that searches the heart knoweth the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, the Holy Ghost intercede for you because he know you pray in the Spirit because you don't know. Why do I pray in the Spirit, Pastor? Because I don't know. I don't know what my next me message is going to be. <laughs> I don't know what my next message is going to be. Lord, help me. So I pray in the spirit. So I pray with the understanding. See, that's what he does. I want to read this verse. 
out of, out of the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 6, and I want to read it out of the NLT. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 6. I want to show you how the, how the NLT says that. Ephesians chapter 6. In verse 18 and 19, I the NLT. Ephesians 6, 18 and 19, I the NLT. Watch what it says. I the NLT. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. I don't know what to pray for. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what to pray for as an alt. So the Spirit of God prays through me. He would intercede for you. Through my spirit if I would pray. Glory to God, you got to pray. Let's read that again. Verse 18, we are reading that NLT. Pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Well, I don't know what's going on in all believers' lives everywhere. I can pray in the Spirit. That's what you got to do. Your, your understanding is unfruitful. But watch what it says. But the Holy Spirit, let's go back to Romans chapter 8 one more time. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to give you these two verses one more time. Romans 8, 11, I'm sorry, 8, 16, and 26. In verse number 16, the Spirit himself bear witness with my spirit that we are the children of God. So the Spirit is bear witness. Now look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit... Helpeth our weaknesses, our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. I don't know what to pray for as I ought, Lord. But the Holy Spirit himself maketh intercessions for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. He that searches our hearts know what the mind of the Spirit because he maketh an accession for us according to the will of God. God Almighty, isn't that awesome? That'll make you want to pray. Forget what people are saying. Forget how people are speaking evil of praying in the Spirit. If God has blessed you to pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Pray! You want God to move on your behalf? Pray! Let's move on. Hallelujah. 
Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through 11. Philippians chapter 1, 3 through 11. This is what this is all about. This is about the word, brother. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through verse 11. We're in a pandemic. People are dying all around us. Pray. We want to make sure God keeps the, the body of Christ safe from sickness and from diseases. Pray. We want to make sure God meets the needs of the body of Christ while we're in a pandemic. Pray. This is how God do it. Somebody got what you need. I just heard the Spirit of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody got what you need. Do you hear what I just said? Somebody got just what you need. Pray. That's how you get what you need from God. Pray. Somebody got just what you need. Got to pray. Philippians chapter number one, verse three. Paul says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Thank God. Always in my prayer. Watch it. Always in every prayer. Every prayer of mine for you. Making requests with joy. That's how you pray. Making requests with joy. With thanksgiving. Man, if you're going to pray, you got another God. You know God heard it. So rejoice. You know God already did it. Watch what he said. For your fellowship. For your fellowship in the gospel. From the first day until now. Being confident, I read to them, this very thing, he that has begun a good work in you shall perform until the day of Jesus Christ. You got to pray. We're going to read, we're reading all the way down to verse 11. Watch what he said. Verse 7 says, we read verse 7. Verse 7 says, even as it is meet for me to thank this of you all because I have you in my heart and as much as both in my bonds and in, in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers of my grace. My God Almighty. Praise God. Why would Paul say that? Because the church is praying for Paul and Paul is praying for the church and Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 10, I am what I am by the grace of God. You are partakers of my grace. It's because of you God gave me grace. You are partaker of my grace. God gave me grace. He gave you grace. We're in this thing together. Hallelujah. Watch what he says now. Verse number eight says, God is my record. How greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray. He's still praying. That your love may abound yet more and more. Well, Pastor, I've been to 9 o'clock service, praise God. You know, you know how you don't go to 9 o'clock, how you don't go to 11. That's, that's your problem right there. Here, here's your prayer. Here's my prayer for you. And this I pray for you. Just want to go to 9, not 11. That your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge, in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, and that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness 
which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and the praise of God. I pray that you get so full. I pray that God fill your spirit until you can't hardly even talk. Hallelujah. Your conversation will go right away. That's what God, God wants you so full that you're always ready to pray. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. I'm not near about through with you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. Hallelujah. Paul's awesome. This is a man of prayer. You want to know why God gave him all this work? He's a man of prayer. Praying God to give you the word. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brother. As it is meet because that your faith groweth exceedingly. Talking about you just been to nine o'clock service. Listen, it's not about you just went to one service and not going to the second one. God wants you to come to a place where your faith will grow exceedingly. He's not done. He's not done. And the love for every one of you toward each other also abounded. God wants your faith to grow and your love for everybody else will grow. Man, I'm telling you, God wants your faith to grow exceedingly. He wants your love to grow until you can love everybody. He wants your faith to grow and your love to grow. Not about you. I've been to one service. And then it says, 2 Thessalonians. What an awesome verse. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. What a mighty God we serve. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 3 through 5. Now, he just talked about your love growing, your faith growing. Why? So, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God. He said, I want you to grow so much until I start talking about you in other churches. For your patience and for your faith and all your persecutions and tribulation that you endure which is the manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which also you suffer. They were suffering, but God told them, I want your faith to grow through the persecution. I want your love to grow for one another through the persecution. My God. While you're there in 2 Thessalonians, go down there in chapter 1 and verse 11. Let's go down to verse 11. We're just going to do the last two verses, verse 11 and 12. You can read all, all of it's good. Hallelujah. Verse 11 and 12 says, Wherefore also we pray, what do we pray for? Always for you, again, that our God will count you worthy of this calling. He's talking about his calling. He'll count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. Oh my God, my God, how much can you take? Fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. God said, I want that for you. Come on, tell somebody I want that for you. 
Come on, tell your brothers and sisters, I'm praying that for you. Come on, tell your pastor, pastor, I'm praying that for you because I'm praying it for you. Also that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. I pray that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. I'm talking about the name of Jesus Christ. You said the name, name of Jesus Christ, people, the, the anointing going to be all over people's skin just because you said the name Jesus. Glorified in you. Something about that name. The name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's move on because I'm not nearly done with you. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8. Let's back up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 8. Thank you, Lord Jesus. First Thessalonians, look at this thing real good. Paul put his salvation on the line because of the people's prayers. Watch what he's going to say. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8. Now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. Here, see, why did the, why did the enemy come into God and take Jesus? Anybody know? Why did the enemy come in the garden and take Jesus when he went to pray? Jesus told his disciples, watch and pray. Watch while I go and pray yonder. An enemy came in the garden and took the word because they didn't watch and pray. Came in the garden. So watch what Paul telling them to do. In 1 Thessalonians, watch what Paul is telling them. Chapter 3 and verse 8. Now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. Verse number 8, verse number 9 says, What thanks we can render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sake before our God. Watch what he said. Night and day praying exceedingly. We are praying for you night and day that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Paul told him, listen, I got I to get something done in you. Because as I'm praying, God is working in you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. While I'm praying, God is working in you. You don't hear what I'm saying. While I'm praying, God's working in you. While you praying, God working in me. Come on, say it out there. I want somebody to put it out. While the church is praying, God's working in the pastor. While the pastor's praying, God's working in the church. When you want God to work in the ministry of your church, the church got to pray. The ministers of the church got to pray for the church. That's how it works. Pray one for another. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 3, verse 10. Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Watch what it says. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. Well, how is he going to direct our way to you? Prayer. And the Lord make you to increase. Oh, my God, do you hear what I'm saying? 
And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love toward all men. And the Lord make you to increase and abound even as we do toward you. See, it's not enough just to say I got faith and I'm born again. Your faith supposed to increase. It's not enough just to say I got love. Your love supposed to increase. Your love supposed to abound one toward another. Your love supposed to be able to grow toward all men. Your love supposed to be able to abound towards your leaders. Verse 13, to the end, he may establish your heart unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. What an awesome, awesome God we serve. Now that's what he's telling Thessalonians. I know people think he's doing that with us today, but that was to the church of Thessalonians. Praise God. Now let's move on. Let's move on because that's another argument. I'm not here to argue. You're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Look at verse 2 through 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 2 through 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you all. Making mention of you in our prayers. See how did God, how did God get what he wanted in the believer's life? Prayer. We are in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers. Watch this. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and your labor of love, your patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. That's an awesome thing. Verse 4, knowing, brother and beloved, our, your election of God. That's an awesome thing. This is an awesome thing to see how God operates. He operates because the church pray. Look at Colossians. I'm sorry. 2 Thessalonians 2.13. 2 Thessalonians 2.13. I'm sorry. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you. Isn't that something? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And verse 13, Paul is a man of prayer. Everywhere, in every book, you saw Paul praying. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has, from the beginning, chosen you to salvation. Well, he chose you to salvation. How is it going to be accomplished? See, Paul knew it's not going to happen until he prayed. God chose your family to salvation. How is it going to happen? It's going to happen when you pray. So you got people in your household not saved. How are they going to get saved? Because you're going to pray. You're the one got an inside connection with your father. Talk to him about your brothers and sisters. That's how it works. But verse 13, we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren. Beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you, remember, I told you, it's not you called in the name of the Lord being saved. That's Old Testament. In the New Covenant, he called you by our gospel. He called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
which is the Holy Spirit. Therefore, brethren, we stand fast and hold the tradition. Stand fast and hold the tradition of the teachings which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ himself, even the Father which loved us and has given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, establish you in every good work and word. God the only one can do it. He the only one can establish your heart. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. We're getting there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7. Now, this is an awesome verse. It's very short. But when I, when I saw that and I said, Lord, I can understand prayer. He said, son, if you don't pray, how you expect it to happen? In 2 Corinthians 13, 7, just one verse. Watch what it says. He says, I pray, now I pray that you do no evil. I'm going like, wait a minute. God said, listen, son. Parents let their children have their car to go somewhere. Now, they tell them what they want them to do, but they never pray. See, they give their children their car on prom night, go to the prom. Now, you've been to the prom. You already know the temptations, what's going on. But you don't pray. You just tell them what you want them to do, and you think your word has the final authority. No. Now you got to pray. See, you told them what to do, but you didn't pray. And that's where we make it our mistake at. Tell them what you want them to do, and then you pray to the Father about that for them. Father, I pray that my child will go to the prom and they will be exceptionally nice tonight and they will stay focused in their Christian character and then they will come back when, they, when I told them to and I appreciate that, Father, for bringing that to pass in their life. Help them to do that. I'm telling you, when God showed me that, that's what I thought about. Now I pray to God. We're in 2 Corinthians 13 and 7. He said, I pray to God that you do no evil. Not that we should appear approved, but that you should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. I pray to God that you do no evil. He said, for we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. We are glad when we are weak because you are strong. And this we also wish, even your perfection. So he's praying that. So that's the thing. Everything that I'm seeing, I'm seeing it happen through prayer. This is how Paul took care of the church. He took care of the church through prayers. I'm not done. Let me go to 2 Corinthians 9 while we're there. We're in 2 Corinthians, back in the verse, uh, chapter 9 and verse 13. Chapter 9. And verse 13, we always read verse 6 down to verse 12, but we never read verse 13. So what I want to do, I want to start with verse number 12. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 9 and 12. That's what we want to go to. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 12. We, we read at this church about cheerful giving. But let's read verse 12. It says, For the administration of this service, 
not only supply the want of the saints, but it's abundant also by many thanksgiving to God. Isn't that something? By many thanksgiving to God. It's going to cause many people to give thanks to God. While by the experiment of this ministration that glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal, liberal distributions unto them, unto all men. The, the Jews, the Gentiles had taken up offering. The Apostle Paul, all the Gentile churches he had gone to, he took up offerings to give and to present to the Jewish believer. Hopefully that if they will receive the bounty or they receive the offering, they will receive the message. That was the whole hope. If they saw that, maybe they received the message. All right. But here it says in verse 14, we're in 2 Corinthians 9 and 14, for by their prayer for you. By their prayer for you. For by their prayer. He's talking about what has happened before, but he says it's going to happen by their prayer for you. Which long after you, for your exceeding grace of God, for the exceeding grace of God in you. That's Christ. That thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. He's talking about everything that you have given to those people. My prayer is that they also will receive Christ Jesus. And by their prayer for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you. It's an awesome thing for people to, to, to give somebody something and they have nothing to give but, but their prayers. And this is where the, where the church was. The church was in a place where they were in poverty, but they had Christ. But the Gentiles had finances. So Paul would take up wealth when he go to the Gentile churches to go give it to the Jewish believer. And the Jewish believer will remember them in their prayers. What a mighty God we serve. Now, let's move on. Let's show you this. In Romans chapter 10, how is Paul going to get the Jewish believer saved? Like I told you, Romans chapter 9, 10, 11 all go together. All these three chapters are really Paul ministry to the Jewish believer. All right. Verse 10, he said, brethren, my heart and desire and prayer to God for Israel that they might be saved. Now, you, you, would be, you would think that Israel was saved. But see, you must understand they had 12 tribes. Now, when John the Baptist came ministering, he ministered to Israel. But only two tribes followed Jesus. Two tribes came out and was submitted to water baptism under John baptism. And then those two tribes followed Jesus Christ. Just like if you go all the way back to David, only two tribes followed David. Ten tribes were in rebellion against God. That's why Paul is praying for the other ten, Israel. So his prayer for them is that they might be saved. It does not mean that two tribes had not turned to the Lord, but ten tribes had not received him. 
But so when Paul said, Romans chapter 10, verse 1, Brothers, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now watch what he's going to say. Their problem is religion. God help me to understand. Because most people that I've watched prayer problem why they can't live for God is religion, tradition of men. They have received the wrong teachings in their life. And it hinders their walk with God. So Paul said, my prayer to God is that Israel might be saved. Then he's going to say this to them. I bear them record. They have a zeal of God. They are very zealous for God. But it's not according to knowledge. It's not according to knowledge. Watch what he says. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Watch verse 3. They being ignorant of God's righteousness. What was they ignorant of? God's righteousness. Most people, problem with salvation is they're ignorant of God's righteousness. Let me tell you this. Let, let me show it to you. In Romans chapter 9, let's bag up. We got another minute here. Romans chapter, Romans chapter 9. Now, Romans chapter 9, if you go to verse number 30, is where we want to go. Now, Romans chapter 9, this is what, where we used to be at. We used to be, uh, we used to be where we believe God was saved by our confession of faith, but it was the wrong righteousness because it was righteousness by faith. Now, our salvation is the gift of righteousness. Just want to make sure you understand that. Now, the, the gospel of the kingdom salvation is righteousness by faith. Then you have the law of righteousness. Now watch what it says in Romans chapter 9, verse 30. What shall we say? Then, that the Gentiles, Gentiles remember, now remember we are not Gentiles no more. This was during the days of Paul. Was fallen not after righteousness, has attained the righteousness, watch what righteousness they attained, was the righteousness of faith. That's why when you look at Romans 10 and 6, the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. It's the righteousness of faith. Then in verse 31 it said, But Israel, which follow after the law of righteousness, so you see two righteousness right there. You see the law of righteousness, then you see righteousness which is of faith. Now the Gentiles had received the righteousness of faith. Now remember this was all before. You still had another righteousness now and that's grace. That's righteousness. Wherefore because they sought it not by faith but as it were by the works of the law. They stumbled at that stumbling stone. Alright. Now verse number 4. Romans 10 and 4. One verse. We're going to do that and we're done. Romans 10 and 4. Verse 3 said they've been ignorant of God's righteousness. They're ignorant of God's righteousness. Going about to establish their own righteousness. Have not submitted themselves, watch this, not the righteousness of faith. They have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. So you have the righteousness which is a faith. You have the law of faith. Then you have the righteousness of God. They have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Then in verse number four, 
please hear me, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. The righteousness of God is Christ. Christ is God's righteousness. That's why God's righteousness is a gift of righteousness. One verse, Romans 5, one verse. Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. Romans 5, 17. This is the gift of righteousness. So you have the law of righteousness. You have righteousness by faith. Then you have the gift of righteousness. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Here it is. For if by one man office death reign, by one much more, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So don't be deceived because you got the law of righteousness. That's still not what you got. Then they went from the law of righteousness to righteousness which is by faith. That's not your righteousness. Then there's the gift of righteousness. That's the right one. Let's pray. First Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15. How do I get it, Pastor? How do I get this righteousness? First Corinthians chapter 15. That's what the cross is here for. You can't get God's righteousness until you receive God's son. And you have to understand God's son is a free gift. When you receive Christ, you receive God's righteousness. You didn't get by confessing and believing. You got it because you have believed in his death, burial, and resurrection. First Corinthians 15, Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, Paul says, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried in that God raised him from the dead the third day according to the scripture. That's how you receive God's righteousness. Hey, Christ is God's righteousness. Don't think you have to go through your confession and your believing. You need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. Amen. My time is up. I thank you for yours. The door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org. 